Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. It's Abby again. We're back. We're going to pick right back up where we left off from last week. Hasn't it been great listening to the two of these wonderful ladies talk about something they're very passionate about? Thanks for listening in. What would you say to somebody thinking about being a foster parent? So for me, it is 100% of it's your dedication, your heart, it's your availability, those kinds of things. And don't shy away from these kids with NAS. Don't shy away from kids that have behavior. Uh, teenagers, I mean, it just breaks my heart to hear that teenagers don't have homes. Mm -hmm. Um, And we know that it takes one relationship to change a child's life, one consistently responding adult in their lives, and it can change the trajectory of an entire life for a child. Mm -hmm. I mean, you may be able to be that person to break that cycle for Mm -hmm. that family. Um, And it's one of those situations where, you know, we're getting more and more babies into custody um, between substance abuse and economics and things like that. And, and I really don't see it changing um, in the near future. And so we have a lot of people that are like, I just want a baby or I just want a kid under the age of two where in years past, I mean, people would be like, we can't guarantee that. I don't think that's something that you really, you know, we're, we're not going to license you because you only want that specific age to right now. We're almost in a crisis as a state of having enough beds, enough homes for these foster kids. And, you know, sending them to congregate care for long-term living, um, like group homes and things like that, it's just not best interest of the child mm-hmm. because we want that one adult to really connect. And, and you would be surprised over the years, we've had upwards of 40 foster kids, come through our doors, I still get messages. I still get questions. We have one that is a mom of three children now. She was one of our first placements. She still will reach out and say, hey, Gail, what would you do if the baby did X, Y, Z? I mean, she still has that relationship with us um, to where she'll ask us when she gets stuck. Oh, that's awesome. And that's what I tell people all the time is you you may have to let them go, but they have a way of like coming back. They still need you after that. Absolutely. And the key to that, and, and you know this, but this is the thing that I really keep pushing is that shared parenting piece. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, what does that look like and how can you not only serve the child that's in your home, but also serve the family that's behind that child? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it can start as simple as pictures or phone calls or things like that. But at the same time, when you adopt or you get guardianship, being open and willing for everyone, you know, to have access, because Mm -hmm. here's the reality is most children want to know where they came from. Oh yeah, they do. And it's hard as a foster parent or an adoptive parent to like, trust that that reach out or things like that uh, is best interest of the child. But if you don't help them do it, They'll I've do seen it. it. They do it. And and the magic age is about 17, 18 years old. Mm. They want to know who they are. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. So shared parenting is the key. Is there some training? Um, yeah, actually, we're, we're producing training right now um, for that. And we have some amazing parents that are rocking the shared parenting piece. And so we're hoping to have like a true webinar where we can have questions and answers. Um, that'll be coming up in October. We also, awesome. um, you know, we're creating a video around shared parenting because we feel like 
not only, you know, does the child win, but there's not animosity between the families when foster families are able to reach out across and meet, you know, meet them where they are too. Mm -hmm. Um, And someone said something very wise to me. It's been about six months ago. And the same adult that you were upset with more than likely was in the same position that that child is in that you were fighting for. Exactly. And that's what I tell foster parents all the time is the likelihood of that parent that they were in foster care is yep. very high. And you need to remember that. Right. And and being empathetic, being very, very um, trauma mind focused when you have conversations and and even think about it through the lens of, you know, they're grieving. I mean, even if the choice was there, they are grieving, too. And I mean, I have seen some of the most beautiful relationships develop out of foster care and the biological family and extended families. I mean, vacations that happen once a year. Oh, yeah. We have one family in the West who actually adopted, did an adult adoption of the child's mother. And Mm -hmm. so now, like, the child that was in her home calls the foster parents grandma and grandpa. And then they call the mom their daughter. And just to have in that base, I mean, it's a beautiful story. Oh, foster care is a beautiful thing if you let it be. Yes. Um, it's just so many possibilities. And um, I, you've adopted enough that you probably know this too, but I get a little sad, honestly, on my adopted kids' birthdays because I just, or their gotcha day. And I just think as much as I want to celebrate this, I'm sad because mm-hmm. there's somebody out there not celebrating what they should be celebrating. And I was not prepared for those feelings. Nobody warned you. Nope. And I remember like that day, went to court, got the paperwork, did the beautiful pictures, came home and, you know, everybody was on their second round of cake and everybody was chaotic and all that. And I remember going to my bedroom and just sobbing because my joy came from someone else's loss. Exactly. And how profound that is. And to understand that, I will never understand what that parent feels, but I can do something about it. Absolutely. And that is where, you know, the Gail Osborne philosophy is go after it, go fix it, do what you can do, what's in your power um, and reach out across. Yeah. Um, and it, it's amazing. And and I recognize there are safety issues or there's fear and stuff like that, but start slow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just pictures, just a text. Yeah. Um, you would be amazed. I think we may have been cut out of the same cloth. Our philosophies seem very much the same. Right. So I'm excited um, moving forward, partnering with you guys. And I just, I always feel like the people that are really in it for the kids at the end of the day, we're the ones that are going to be working together because Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all I want. I just want these kids to have what they deserve. Absolutely. And you know, I, um, I'm constantly taking clothes and things like that to foster closets so that we'll be ready for the next kid coming in. And I literally struggle with giving the kids old clothes because in my mind, they deserve the absolute best. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, we are so meticulous about going through things and making sure there's not tears and holes and stains and all of that, because I want these kids, whatever age they are, to have the best of the best. Um, well, that is, that's what we try and do here. We, um, I mean, people will try and, and bring used toys. We don't, we don't take used toys because there's no way to make a new, a used toy look like a new toy, right? Um, at Christmas time, we give them brand new stuff. I mean, we just, 
it's just, you should, like you wouldn't, you know, wrap you stuff under the Christmas tree for your biological children. Why in the world would you right. think foster children would well, want and, that? And I do want to mention to you and those listeners that are listening is that I didn't know who you guys were until right about four years ago. And I received a placement and my social worker had connected you guys. And next thing I know, I get this huge bag with letters on it that spelled this child's name and it was in his favorite color and it had trains and uh, race cars and puppy dogs in it and the diapers fit. I wasn't <laughs> given diapers that were too big. And, and I remember thinking, and, and in fact, in that bag, and I don't know if you still do it, there was a gift card for Thomas and I, my husband. Um, and it said, thank you for what you do. And it was inside of a card and, and, you know, and actually I still have that card. Aww. And it, it just, you know, I want to, coming full circle and being able to sit at the table with you, having been a recipient, you know, on behalf of the child. And, um, every time we go on vacation now, every time we do an overnight anywhere, he runs upstairs and he says, I got my bag. Oh, and so, you know, it's just amazing. I know, but those double bags mean something to those kids. Well, it did. And I mean, he was a year and a half when it showed up to us. And later on, he'll, he'll actually say to me, now tell me the story about the bag. And so I go through that entire story, probably two or three times a year. Oh, you need to bring him by. Yes, I will totally bring him by. And he, he wants to know, and he has a heart to serve. And so every time I turn around, mom, I've got some toys to give away. And so he'll make a pile but then I know about two hours later, I'm going to get a won't out of it. Mom, I gave away six things. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not perfect children. But right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, he, it just blows my mind. And, and you guys put that into him in the beginning. And we still tell that story about how the ladies packed the bags and they delivered them. And, Aww. you know, and, you know, it's this story that, you know, is embedded in him. And, and he loves to hear it because we talk about how he was a baby then and how exciting it was to get a baby rattle that was blue instead of something that was pink because that's all we had, oh my goodness. you know, things like that. And he, I mean, it's just beautiful. Well, I am so excited. Our time has come to a close, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I, I think we're ready to move into the western part of the <gasps> county, um, to the state. And I, you know, we have a beautiful partnership with Centos. They mm -hmm. deliver our bags. And we had a dealership like last week. It's the Kia, Paramount Kia. They're out of Hickory, but they said, we have a dealership in Asheville. Yes. We would love to be a pickup place. So um, whenever this airs, this will be kind of our grand announcement that, hey, if if you live in that area and you need a bag of hope, Lisa, these Carolinas can get it to you all the way from Gaston County. We can get it there. And um, thank you for your partnership. I really do like treasure your friendship. I think God just, <laughs> I don't know. I just think we were meant to be friends, Gail. I yeah. just think we are. That was a good wink in the last few days. A very good wink. We'll tell you about that wink later, guys. But anyway, thank you for being here. You're so welcome. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be here with you. You're kind of like my idol when we started oh, doing this. But your vision and the organization, I mean, I, we just want to do so much more for the foster parents across the state. And you're giving us ideas that are tried and true and are working. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.